Welcome to Generation Tech. I'm Todd Brinker, and I'm joined as always by my dad, Jack Brinker. How you doing? I'm doing great, son. Good to hear your voice. Happy Monday to you. Yeah, same to you. So, uh, you know what happens tomorrow? Tomorrow? What's tomorrow? Tomorrow is the 13th. Apple has a virtual announcement for us. Oh, a virtual announcement. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna have a uh, we, we, what they're suspecting is the announcement of the phones. Oh, okay. You, well, that's all leak, leaked out anyway. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we'll see how much of it is how many of the leaks are accurate. But in in the recent past, they've been pretty darn accurate, almost to my disappointment. You know, I kind of enjoy the excitement of sitting and hearing what they're doing, and right. You know, I, I kind of wish they would steal a book out of Steve Jobs' page and just have something that's like an ultra-secret project that isn't getting leaked out that they go and do the one more thing, you know? Um, yeah. Because yeah. you want some surprise if they come out and just announce, okay, what everybody said, well, we're doing that. <laughs> you know? <Yeah>. And, <laughs> and and they, they, you know, they don't quite uh, do it like that, but, I mean, that's essentially what it boils down to, which is sad for me. I, I would like that. Now it's also going to be Amazon well, Prime Day. Oh, is that right? Yeah, thirteenth to the fourteenth. The, the oh. they they do a little over twenty four hours. It's really like Prime Day and a half, but uh, is how they do it, I believe. I've I've never participated in that before. Is that a good thing? Um, you know, there are sometimes some really good deals, and there's sometimes it's just you know like a typical sale. They say it's on sale, and you're. Clearing yeah. out the junk, right? Yeah, so it depends <laughs> on what you're getting. The things that are typically the best deals are the things that are Amazon's own things. So if you're in the market for a, uh, you know, an Amazon Echo speaker or you want an Amazon Fire tablet or something like that, then those are the things right. that have really good deals. And TVs. Traditionally, they have really good deals on television sets. Yeah. Well, maybe I better look at it because I I was uh, thinking about a Fire tablet just for the audio and uh, switching back and forth between audio and text. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times I'll go to bed and I don't want to, you know, my eyes are already tired, uh, but I want to continue on to the end of the chapter or something. I can mm-hmm. go to audio with theirs. Now, I, I think right. that's just text, text conversions to audio, you know, but nevertheless, it's... Uh, it's nice to have. Now, I, I, I think you can do that with some things on Apple, but not everything. Right. Yeah. Their 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 little uh, tablets do the audio as um, as well, and they they also own Audible. But if you you know it depends on what you're listening to. The most of it's the text to speech, but it's actually pretty good. Uh, we own a Fire tablet, and um, and it has it. I don't know, after a couple of years died and we bought a new one and, you know, they're cheap tablets and they work good. We pur- purchased it specifically for um, Elaine to use in her classroom. She likes to play like background music. And so I have a Bluetooth speaker that she attaches to a little Bluetooth speaker and then the little tablet. And the tablet that I got was the cheapest one they sold, which sells regularly for like forty nine ninety five. But we got it. You can get it on sale every once in a while. We got it for like thirty five bucks. And mm. uh and so you get a little Pretty third, tiny, huh? it's a seven inch tablet. So it's like the iPod or iPad mini. I'd have to get my magnifying glass out. Yeah. I suppose it's about the size of the iPad <laughs> mini. Now they have a, a, excuse me, uh, their, their mainline one is their, um, tablet fire tablet eight. And that's a, um, uh, eight inch. And then they have a 10 inch. That's as big as they go. 
Um, mm-hmm. But uh, the uh, they just upgraded the eights with new processors and more memory, and they have an eight plus that's actually pretty nice. That's usually about ninety bucks, uh, and uh, you can get that one with um, you know on Prime Day. It's probably going to be cheaper, so might be deals there. Um, but uh, yeah, we she downloads music, and then and, you know we we create uh classroom appropriate music so that it's nothing that's but you know during christmas she plays christmas songs and things like that and we thought about you know using an ipad or something like that and i said you know this is in a classroom with a bunch of seventh and eighth graders and of course right now she's not in a classroom but typically she is my concern was i didn't want something of you know a couple hundred dollar value laying around that some kid might grab a 35 dollar fire tablet even if they take mm-hmm. it or if it falls on the ground and breaks it's kind of a don't care it's like okay well yeah. for 35 bucks i can replace it and not feel too bad about it i mean obviously i don't want people stealing things from us but you know i just looked at that and went well yeah. you know that seemed like the better choice for something that's going to be out in a, out in a classroom yep. so mm-hmm. yeah so right now the seven inch tablet is 69.99 <clears throat> which is more than i thought it was normally uh but uh, we'll see if it goes on sale with the Fire Tablet. 89 gets you the 8-inch one, which has an upgraded display and more memory. Um, uh, 109 gets you the 8 Plus, which has more, not only storage, but has more actual memory. I think it has 3 gigabytes of working memory as well. So if you're you know, actually trying to use it as a tablet and have multiple things open, that gives you a little bit of an advantage. And then the Fire 10 is the 10-inch one, and it starts at 149. And, of course, this mm-hmm. is pre-Amazon Day sale, so we'll see how much all that stuff happens when they when they um, yeah. do the Amazon Day sale. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, interesting. Okay. Interesting to see there. But, you know, it's, it's like I said, it's, it's for my experience is, and, in fact, there's even websites that have popped up where you can, like, look at the uh, Amazon Day deals, and it will tell you, you know, Here's the deal. Here's what it costs normally and tell you whether or not it was a, you know, whether it's really a, an air quotes deal or if it's just a um, uh, so-so thing. So, and they also still have the, the, um, the small Kindle dis- tablets, not the, not the fire tablets, but they're just uh, readers, you know, and yeah. those, those play, um, uh, play uh, sound now as well. And a Kindle Paperwhite's 129 bucks. It's a seven-inch screen. It's not a color screen, and it's not a tablet. It's just a reader. Um, but for people who actually do reading, they those are preferred devices. They're more like a, a paperback book, and they're easier on your eyes. Um, yeah. You know, but uh, yeah. You know, I always thought you know because mom sits and reads a lot that she might like one of those because the the text is a little bit more legible. Uh, than on a regular screen, um, and it's it's a reflective display instead of a emitting display. Yeah, I I like I like the idea, but then I didn't uh, uh, when when I talked to her about that before I got her iPad. Mm-hmm. Uh, she didn't think that just a reader was a was a good enough thing to have, and yeah. didn't have color. Didn't have color. She thought that might be good. Yeah, well, certainly if you're doing other things with the tablet, I mean, if you do anything else with your tablet, then the reader is not good. But if you do a lot of reading, there's a lot of people who say, well, when I read, I grab my Kindle, and then the rest of the time I use my other tablet. 
Well, if if you read outdoors, particularly. Oh yeah, then, outdoors then you, they're much better you know. because they're because they're not a, an emittive display. They don't get dimmed by bright sunlight, um, and right. they have a a matte finish on the screen so that there's no reflections at all. Um, I have had a Kindle for a long time. Mine is an older model, and the newer ones are even more. There's even more contrast with the 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 image because the earlier ones the background was kind of gray and the type was dark gray instead of black and white, and they've really gotten them to where the background is very white and the text is very I black. I don't think they've upgraded them in a long time now. Oh no, they paper white. You know, no, they they call it paper white, but they're like on their eighth version or ninth version of the paper white. They ha- they have regularly upgraded it. Um, and oh, they have. It, yes, yes, and they've 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 upgraded it. They're now waterproof. Uh, which they weren't previously. They have uh, added backlighting is built in now, so that or it's actually edge lighting, but it's lighting so that the thing is lit, so you can read it in the dark. Um, so you know it's it it gets upgraded regularly. Anyway, the audio feature for that is a kludge that you've got to buy about a thirty dollar adapter to plug in just to get audio to work with it. You know, whisper whatever they call it, whisper sync or something like that. Well, WhisperSync is a different thing. WhisperSync allows you to buy the audiobook and the Kindle book. And if you're listening to it for a while, you can listen to it. But then if you want to shut off the listening and read, they keep the two synced. So it keeps the, so it'll automatically go to the page you were last listening to. That's what WhisperSync is. And that's actually pretty yeah. cool. And yeah, that, that's what I thought. If, that, if, if I, that doesn't require I was, anything. Yeah, when I first mentioned it, that's what I was reading about, and that's what appealed to me is that you should be synced, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you Other, are. Otherwise, it's a hassle. You'd never do it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and so it does keep it uh, synced between the two, and that doesn't require any additional adapters or connectors or anything. And um, most of them, but, like they don't, they don't include speakers in them. They're Bluetooth, and so. Uh, you just need a, any Bluetooth device to attach to them, and then you can listen to the the uh, the audio that way. Does it work with my earpod? Uh, your AirPod AirPods would pair to it just Air- just fine. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh, I guess I'm okay then. Yeah. Now that's the Kindle, not the Fire tablet. The Fire tablet works essentially the same way, but I, we were talking about Kindles. Right. Right. But but you're saying I could use their whisper sync. Yeah, so like if you're listening to an audio book and and you listen to a certain page and then you want to switch over and and read it, then you can do that. Yeah. Now it doesn't do oh. that like magically with a podcast because there's usually it not a does. print. Well, there's not usually a printed version of podcasts. Oh oh, I got you. What you mean? Yeah. Okay. It's just for audio books. Yeah, WhisperSync works for audiobooks. What it does is it synchronizes where you're reading with where you're listening, and vice versa. Okay. Well, I'm not sure I want to commit to audiobooks yet. Yeah, I, I don't mean, read books much. Yeah, it depends on on what you do and how and and you know if you find things that you like to do. I um, go back and forth. I listen to audiobooks. I listen to podcasts mostly. Um, but every once in a while I'll get into a book. I used to listen to them a lot, a lot of audio books. And, uh, Elaine still listens to a lot of audio books when she walks. That's her thing. And she, you know, I bounce, my reading has always been back and forth between reading something that was entertaining, some sort of, you know, um, 
novel and then something that was more informational, some sort of like how-to or book on programming or book on specific type of technology or something like that. And so I go back and forth, and I find that the novels are okay to listen to and that or and read, but that the informational stuff don't doesn't go across very well in an audiobook. Yeah. And so, um, you know, <clears throat> but it depends on what you're doing. You know, if you want to learn a little bit about, I don't know, just some uh like a history or something like that then audiobooks are fine too yeah yeah well uh i want to kind of switch back to apple here now okay say if you you meant since you mentioned that tomorrow they're going to tell us the secrets Mm. the latest secret to pop up was about uh, an hour ago this morning they're talking about the uh, fact that the uh, the phones will cover ranges that you currently can't use in 5g you know Whereas most people are using right now the stuff that's available is lower spectrum bands, and uh, which is just not a heck of a lot better than 4G, but uh, the, the noticeably faster variant, which they're calling mid-band here, uh, is also being rolled out, but it's it's unlikely to reach most Americans until 2025. Yeah. But that's what's going to be supported in the in the uh, phones. Yeah, I mean. So, and, what- Go ahead. Anyway, there's one other band that's the 5G uh, millimeter wave. And, uh, of course, that's going to take a lot longer, but it has less use because it's only short distance. Right. But uh, anyway, that's available in limited areas by Verizon Communications, and I have no idea what those are. But they're the only ones that have millimeter wave stuff deployed right now right in a few spots well that's the thing is when uh, most of the people i don't think understand or at least a lot of the general population doesn't understand when you say 5g you're really talking about three different things there's uh uh you know there's a a high band a low band and a mid band basically and it just has to do with the frequency of the of the uh signals and the um the the slower of anyway, those three is very similar to what LTE is now, but there are a couple advantages. One is it's it's about 50% faster than our current 4G LTE stuff, but it also has lower latency. And so um, uh, that and latency for those who don't know is that pause when when you hit search or or whatever. And then there's this long pause and then it connects and then suddenly your page draws. And it's that that pause will it'll appear faster just because the latency is lower. And so, and that is something that T-Mobile has rolled out to a large chunk of the United States. Uh, but it's not the same as the 5G that AT&T and Verizon have talked about, which is the millimeter wave. And that one, as you said, it, the signal only travels a short distance, a few hundred yards. So you have to have lots of little towers. and But it's very broad in terms of the amount of uh, data that it can carry. It's very fast. And there's a lot of data it can carry, and that will help in very crowded places. So anybody who's ever been to some sort of a convention where suddenly you can't get online or have access because it's all all plugged up because there's too many people in that location uh, will right. solve a lot of that kind of problem. So in convention centers, in in stadiums, uh, in large cities that are congested downtown, that uh, millimeter wave is going to help. In hotels, yeah, it's going to help a lot with that kind of thing where people gather. There'll be much much faster and and available service that doesn't even exist right now and the mid-band literally sits somewhere in the middle it'll have faster speeds than than the slower one and and slower speeds than the faster one um but all of them will have less latency which will give the appearance that it will feel much faster 
And yeah, no, it says says that that one's about a several miles, and several is probably four to five. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. at, at worst case. Yeah, and right now the 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 four G and the um, the uh, one that's out there is is uh, it only goes several miles right now too. So it's you know the the other thing with the the higher end higher and lower it's hard to be confusing but the 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 slower version of the 5g will give you a little bit faster than the 4g it will do it with less latency and the towers will be further apart and so or or can it can support towers that are further apart which just means that you'll have better signal in a lot of rural areas areas right now where you're kind of fringy uh and sort of have connection you'll have better connections so, so it's and, and by using these three different frequencies rolled into a um, into a single thing that they're calling five G, will just essentially give you better coverage and more consistent coverage everywhere you go. But as 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 the article pointed out, and as you pointed out, that midband five G, nobody's even rolled that out yet. Some you know some are doing the the millimeter wave. Some are doing the uh, the uh, I don't remember the, they call it the the slower version of it. I can't remember if that's the high. I guess that's the, the lower frequency one. Is uh, the, is the well? Just just a minute, Todd. The article that I have it says that uh, under the uh, mid band, this level this level of service is the most widely deployed. Is the most widely deployed? My understanding was that that's not what was being deployed by T-Mobile, and they're the ones that have done most of the most of the uh, stuff so mm. far. Well, I don't know. That's just okay. what it says. Well, interesting. So, uh, whatever. Yeah, because the one I'm saying is, is it says a, a uh, mid-band 5G is being rolled out, but it's unlikely to reach most Americans until 2025. That's the oh, mid-band. Oh, that's right. You're right. Yeah. So it's be most to reach most Americans, but that still could mean it's pretty yeah. well it's, out there. You well, know? it's the low band yeah. is the one that T-Mobile's been putting out, and that's the one that is marginally faster than than 4G, but is um, well a- and has but has lower latency, so it'll appear faster. And that's what really matters. I think people don't understand that that you know what you perceive as um, the speed of your internet connection is a combination of the actual data throughput and the latency. And if you can reduce the latency, that time you wait for it to make the connection, that you will actually get the appearance or the feeling when you're using it that the thing is going much faster. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. It's a perception. So, well, right. It, it's something that people got excited about five years ago, which was way premature because it's taken a long time and it's still going to take a long time for this to reach a lot of folks. Yeah. You know? And the thing about communications is if you don't have it at both ends, it doesn't really make any difference. You know, ever both ends of the connection need that service. Right. Well, it that's if you're trying to go point to point. If you're uh, the vast majority of Internet connections, people are attaching to a server somewhere that's hardwired into the Internet. So I don't know that it matters there. But certainly if you and I are trying to connect like we're like we're doing right now via Skype. And we were doing yeah. it, if we were doing it re- remotely somewhere, we would be in desperate straits. I mean, it's the lowest the lowest denominator speed. determines what your speed is, right? Exactly. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, so we, I mean, right now, we I'm, just, I'm wired into the Internet. 
Yeah. Yeah, well, I've, I'm on the... Uh, you're on your house fiber. Wi-Fi? Oh, you're on... I yeah. Have, yeah, but, I have fiber now to the house. Right, but are you on on that... Um, are you wireless or are you, are you plugged in? Uh, oh, into the Internet? Uh, well, it depends which device I'm talking about. <laughs> well, which one are we talking on? Your laptop, right? Yeah, right now on the laptop, uh, let's see. Oh, that's wireless now. Yeah, I right. didn't plug it in. But. So so we're not even using the full speed of your Internet connection because your wireless, your Wi-Fi is going to be slower than your than your fiber connection to the Internet. Right. And probably yeah. both of those are going to be slower than my connection to the Internet. So my, I'm probably the limiting factor because even though I'm wired into my connection here, so I'm not Wi-Fi, my connection is 50 gigabits down and up 10 gigabits so you know we're we're at 10 10 up when i'm talking yeah so but i'm anyway. also doing the recording so at my end uh, there's zero latency <laughs> <laughs> all kinds of things That's you can right. sit down and think about like well how's this all work right and what is it what's it roll into well well you know when you really realize this is uh once uh i forgot what it was there was a satellite connection and I had tried that. I think this was before I had retired. Mm-hmm. And talk about latency. Oh yeah, was that the HughesNet thing? <laughs> you know, you say you say over, and then the other guy hears over about a, a you know few seconds later, and then he responds. I yeah, mean, yeah. Those early satellite a, connections, because of the height of the satellite, uh, there's nothing you could do. I mean, going at the speed of of, of uh, light, or is, essentially. I mean, you're you know you're sending electronic signals. They get there, and it still takes two seconds to go up to the satellite and back down. And yeah, but you got to look at how that, how far that distance is. You know, that's, oh, it's, that's a long way. It is. It's crazy long way, but it doesn't make for holding good conversations like we're holding right now. Yeah, right. But right. it gave you connection, right? It's like those um, satellite phones that you can buy if you're a real backcountry backpacker. Um, you know, you, yeah. to be safe, you want some sort of. Uh, uh, way to connect to the world if there's an emergency right and there's not well, cellular well, connectivity out in the in the woods in a national park very often so yeah well but so that what that tells you is you you, you can now understand why satellite tv was the first thing out because it's not two-way right you just broadcast it it'll get there and then nobody will know once it's going it's, it's continuous mm-hmm. right yeah, the so, only reason you know it's different is when you're talking with a friend and, and they're going oh wow what a great score and you're like what Oh, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> I've literally literally had that experience watching a uh, a game because I still have satellite TV. Um, and I, I was watching a game and didn't realize that I was watching it with, you know, about a five second delay. Because, you know, once you say, well, you're going to be two seconds behind because of the satellite, then we might as well put a little more delay in there because then we can buffer some stuff and make sure that, you know, you don't have any dropout and that kind of thing. So, yeah. Um, but anyway... Yeah. Most people are happy with satellite TV, and and, and but and they never experience that. It's a latency for them, you know. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Once it started, it's just fine. Mm-hmm. But if you had to talk back to one of those people through that satellite, you would find out that that latency is intolerable. Right. Yeah. So, I was looking at that the other day, and we were talking about. Um, I mentioned the satellite phones, you know. And if you're out in the back country, it makes a good sense to have something like like that. They um, they actually have not only satellite phones, but satellite locators. So it uses not only GPS to get your location, but then you can basically hit a button and it'll send a 911 call out 
to a list of several numbers and essentially text them with your GPS location saying, you know, hey, I, I need help. I need assistance at this location. And so if you're hiking out in the in the backcountry somewhere um, and you're concerned that if something happens to you, you won't be able to reach anybody, you can buy one of these units for about 100 bucks. They're really not terribly expensive. But they literally yeah, that- will send the signal up to the satellite and then attach to the Internet and tell tell people, hey, here's the GPS location. Somebody needs help. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a really good thing, but I think it's kind of old technology now. It seems to me it's been out there a long time. Oh, yeah. I don't know That's how why you can it. get it that cheap now. You know, I mean, yeah. satellite phones were once, you know, $1,000 or multi-thousand dollar items. And, you know, a satellite phone now only costs a couple hundred dollars. And then these, these like, um, I want to call it like a satellite pager type of thing was like a hundred bucks or even under a hundred bucks, you know, on Amazon. Yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, I just also noticed an article here where uh, Apple is going to get an Emmy for engineering. Are they going to uh, get one, or not, were they just nominated? It well, it's coming up on Thursday, October twenty ninth, and apparently they've uh-huh. already been notified. Now they don't cool. always broadcast a lot of these, you know, technic. Oh yeah, stuff. yeah, those won't be on the on yeah. the show with stars, right? That's just the uh, somebody That's will read a list right. somewhere in that that morning. <laughs> But but anyway, let me tell you what it is. They're, they're, it's they called the ProRes Codex, and they're used by all the TV companies. Oh, I'm and familiar stuff. with that. Anyway, uh, it was introduced in 2007, mm-hmm. and since then, of course, they've upgraded and added on. But it includes all frame sizes from SD all the way to 5K at full resolution. The data rates vary based on codec type, image type, frame size, frame rate, and whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a a hot spot where you can go get the tech details if you really want that. But anyway, it's uh, uh, you know it's an important thing in the overall progress of of television and yeah transmission. Yeah, well, so, it's, it's less with trans less to do with transmission and and a lot to do with encoding when you're um, uh, encoding the imagery for distribution and uh, making sure that you have a standardized method of of encoding the imagery and the color information so that you get appropriate color representation well, and well, reproduction. Well, well, the bottom the bottom line to it is extreme fast encoding and ultra fast decoding. Yep. So that it sets it up so that, uh, you know, they get much better speed from this technology than mm-hmm. they had before by, by quite a bit. Uh, so yeah. and, and, of course, the high, high quality always has to be maintained while you're doing that. When I was wow. teaching, I taught a, a video production class where we used uh, uh, ProRes in in uh, Apple's products and did video editing. And is that so, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, 2007 is quite a ways off, 13 years, you know, of yeah. improvement since they introduced it. Yep. It has so. been changed and, and, and updated regularly throughout that time. Um, but, uh Yeah. It's uh, cool. I'm glad to see them getting a, t- a technical award for doing that. Because yeah. some, you know, people don't realize it when you're sitting and watching a movie or watching a television show. But there's all kinds of technical things that are getting better and better in the background, allowing them to, um, you know, create and edit and and uh, and finalize that information, that media that you're watching. That there's all kinds of post-production stuff after the after the. The actors are done doing their bit in front of the camera, and the cameraman is done. They hand that to 
an editor who then sits down and not only there's actually usually a whole series of editors they not only cut the scenes together and then lay the music and the sound over it which is you know created by a whole bunch of other people but then they go in and do all kinds of color correcting from scene to scene to make sure that they're um uh you know that the lighting doesn't change as it goes and no matter what you do when you're recording that stuff unless everything is shot in the same location under the same light that lighting changes the colors change as a result of the lighting and so they try to standardize that throughout the whole show and that great quality thing that you're looking at somebody spent a lot of time making it look that good and this yep. is one of those tools oh, yeah. one of those tools that helps by the way i made oh, i was going to say I, just a quick correction um, I had said that you could get cellular phones on Amazon for around 200 bucks, and I for, I'm looking at them, and they're they're more like five or six hundred bucks, and the pagers are around 200 bucks, and so that's why somebody might want one of those um, satellite messaging systems because they're uh, a couple hundred dollars as opposed to five or six hundred dollars, and so. Oh sure. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. You anyway. Were say. Uh, I, I was going to tell you another thing. This is two day old uh, news that you'll hear about with the iPhone 12, apparently. Uh, and that is, there's a, and, and at this point you have to label it rumor, but it sounds really interesting. But I'm, I, I expect it to be true. And the the magic word is we, Apple types all know about MagSafe, which was the magnetic connector mm -hmm. to computers for a long time, and it it went away, and everybody was really down because that was so nice because you could get your foot caught on a cord and it just rip it off the computer but without pulling it on the floor yeah did, your things. computer didn't go flying when somebody stumbled over your cord accidentally yeah now now it's been been back for a while although they didn't call it that for the watches you know when you put your watch on a, a charger it's a magnetic connection yeah the magnetic big, magnets really, hold it in place so it's always lined up in the right spot right and if you bump something it'll probably not come off but at least it, it'll hold the watch on you know uh, while it's uh Mm -hmm. without doing any damage. But now there's the rumor that the MagSafe technology is coming with the I iPhone 12, and there will be two versions. The first version is uh, for just a single-use phone, and the other one allows multiple phones or some other device, possibly. Yeah, so that they uh, will be making their own charging mats separate from whatever that air power was supposed to be. Right. and uh, But anyway, it's that similar kind of technology where there's a magnet that holds it to, to on instead of uh, mm -hmm. plugging it in. So you, they want to seal it up and make it waterproof and uh, solve that problem. Yeah. And, well, uh, I don't know that this solves a problem with being sealed or waterproof, but it does certainly, if if you use um, Qi chargers, you know that it's well, real easy to set your phone down and not get it aligned properly and then come back and find out your phone didn't charge because it didn't line up right. And this will solve Absolutely. that problem. Yeah, um, but 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 you know, uh, you anytime you have a, a, a lightning connector or a, the USB C three connector, you've got you've got a, a place that's difficult to waterproof. You know, because the plug's got to go in. Well, and, I, I uh, understand you saying that, but do you really? Because they've waterproofed them up to this point, and in fact, uh, they tried to say that was an issue with the headphone jacks, and yet devices that have waterproof headphone jacks have existed for quite a while uh yeah i mean it, i guess it's it may be as difficult but it's a solved problem yeah okay it's anyway i like the mag safe better <laughs> yeah. because it works the alignment problem as you point out right now i will say that apple clearly 
wants to get rid of those jack those you know whether it's makes it easier for them to seal or whatever um or maybe they can get a better seal by not having a jack there to charge it you're right i think they want to get rid of the charging port altogether and say the only way to charge a phone is to set it down on a pad um but i haven't heard any rumors that that's what's going to happen yet they're just getting us ready for it well well, it's it said it will work with the you know it's meant for the iPhone 12 or for for an iPhone right. obviously now I don't I don't know if it'll be announced with it or you'll be an, an optional purchase or just what you know right but you got you got to charge it some way so I'm guessing that that they'll make it a, a sort of a mandatory thing because otherwise they still have to use another connector yeah you know? but don't you think that they might introduce um, this on their devices right now, saying you can lay it on any Qi charger, but if you use it on an Apple Qi charger, it'll snap in because of the of the magnets, but you can still plug it in if you want to. And that that's where cool. it'll be for this time. And then maybe the next version, they'll say, okay, we've done away with the plug-in because everybody loves this this magnetic connector so much better. Yeah, probably. You know? Yeah, it could be an introductory thing. Right. But Do you, you think know, it's going to be more- called iPhone 12 or is it going to be 11S? <laughs> uh, who cares? <laughs> well, I'm just curious because everybody in the in the news is calling it 12, and I'm wondering why. I mean, maybe just because they changed the physical look of it. Oh, it's just because it's a different different machine, you know, and and it uh-huh. sounds new that way to most you know. customers. So mostly for marketing. But I mean, they I did mean, a 10 and then a 10s. They did you know a, the, a six and a six s. I, I know, but it's all up to marketing guys. It has nothing to do with technology, really. It's just what. Oh, I understand that. Sell. I understand it doesn't have anything to do with actual technology. But I'm just curious. I was just thinking. You know, I guess I uh, think I think the thinking is is that because this one's supposed to have a physically different looking body with flat sides, that they will change the number rather than make it an S. Yeah. Well, but the one thing about it that uh, caught my attention right away is it tells three features, at least on this thing that uh, is fairly recent. Uh, Monday, it said it came out. Oh, that's today. Uh, uh, that it'll have uh, uh, improved zoom, longer battery life, and faster Face ID. Well, Face ID is something that I thought that needs to bite the dust at this yeah. point. But yeah, nope. I mean, Face ID, you know. great, but does it going to have an alternative to Face ID? The problem is is that they probably had already locked in the, the, the features prior to last yeah. March when COVID became a thing. Yeah, it's probably true. I don't know that they but, could be the, that flexible to add in a major feature like, hey, let's put a, a uh, fingerprint sensor on the button and change all that six months out because they probably started making it three months out. Right. By the way, I, yeah, I, I I don't know, but anyway, uh, when a, when Face ID come up, it just occurred to me, and this won't be any interest to our listeners, but does your iPad have Face ID? It does. It does. Okay, I thought it did, but I yes. wasn't sure. Yeah. Okay. For those of you who are paying attention, he's asking. I have an iPad Pro, which I'm selling to him, uh, and so he wanted to verify specs on it. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to talk about it, but no, that's it just okay. Occurred to me there. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't bother me at all. Um, but uh, anyhow, yeah, um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what they what they do and what they don't include on this, and 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 you know how they're going to spin that because if some of the decisions were made prior to COVID, you know, and they were locked in, 
then it'll be obvious that they couldn't, you know, they, they couldn't make those changes. Do they address it and just say, hey, you know, we thought about it. But I, I suspect that in typical Apple fashion, they don't talk about features they chose not to have or were not able to add. So if anybody asks well, about they- it, they'll, they'll just say, you know, we, we believe that the that we've got the best, you know, phone solutions for people in the world, that kind of thing. What what I thought is is that uh, the a smart way to use that Face ID feature, if they do include it, and it looks like they probably will, is that if it doesn't recognize you, instead of putting up a message saying it doesn't recognize you, just put up the password thing, and then you, mm. you know, they did that in the go. last software update. Yeah, I guess you're right. On my you, phone, the right. last software update, they did that so that now, you know, when I'm at the grocery store trying to get my my stupid shopping list out. I still have to type in my password about 15 times because, you know, I'll pick, I can only remember two or three items. And so I'll go pick those up and then I like need to look at the list again, uh, which is irritating, but it's better than pop up. We can't find your face. We can't find your face. We can't find your face. We couldn't find your face. Do you want to log in? You know, now it just goes, <laughs> do you want to log in? And like, yes. You know, yes, funny, I do. Funny, funny thing about that is, uh, my wife Sue and I had, were talking about uh, uh, using that as a grocery list, and she never shopped, and I mean, she didn't didn't do the shopping. But then since COVID, we've been by you know having delivery. But she wanted to, several things that we never think of, and she says, "I think I'll go to the store uh, on the uh, seniors' hour uh-huh. uh, tomorrow morning," and and I just knew her, and so I says, "Oh, you're going to make a paper list." She yeah. has never never accepted the computer or the iPads or anything for for lists. She writes it on paper. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? Doesn't run out of batteries. Doesn't require you to take your mask off or type in a pin code. There's a lot of absolutely. wisdom in that. <laughs> that's right. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I, that's why I said it. I said, you know, yeah. I know what she's going to do. <laughs> yeah. And she did, didn't she? Well, she's yeah. going tomorrow morning. Oh, so, so she hasn't yet. Wait, but waiting for the senior day. Right. You know, it's funny. I have um, since COVID started. Uh, I don't do it always because I don't always think about it. But uh, a couple times, I you know, I still put my list into the Notes app like I normally would. Um, actually, I use an app called Tot, but it's a little Notes app. But then sometimes what I do is after I type it in, I hit print and I go grab the piece of paper off the printer so that I don't have to keep unlocking the stupid phone while I'm shopping. Uh, exactly. That's that's what I was going to do too. If I if yeah. I went, but I'm yeah. not going. So I still type it in, and the reason I like typing it in is because I will type it in over the course of multiple days as we think of things that we need. I'll just add it to the list, and then when there's enough stuff on the list or something that we need like now, then I will go get it. Like yesterday, yeah. I needed I needed a head of cabbage and some some chicken stock. Uh, I made some. Uh, uh, like Hawaiian style Kahlua pork with a pork roast in, in my instant pot, which I like to do because then we can eat on it during the week. And after the pork is out in the drippings, I then cook cabbage in there and then have cabbage and pork. And it's really yummy. And, uh, so I needed to get that stuff. (laughs) Well, anyway, uh, you know, I, I, what really needs to be done is if you ever shop online, and I've done it a lot of times now with this COVID thing going on, is it's annoying how bad the interfaces are from just about everybody. Uh-huh. I mean, Apple and the computer companies have lived with the problem, so they've they've worked on it. 
but how to tell a dozen different places that their interface stinks, you know, is almost impossible. And especially for grocery shopping, for some reason, they think that what they're doing is the right answer. And to me, the right answer would be accept a text input from a person, which would be their own grocery list. They've probably made it up already mm -hmm. or or set it up so that your your app really is a good grocery list to begin with that you can edit and do all kinds of, you know. Yeah. Fix, fix well, part things. of the problem probably is, is the grocery companies outsource the creation of that app. To some guy, yeah. you know, somewhere that, uh, you know, in India or something. And and so, well, you know, they have no idea. They don't want you to give them any feedback because they have no way of dealing with it. They, you know, they, they would have to hire somebody to handle that problem. You're, uh, you're right. You're right. I'm sure they do. Uh, but that's certainly an opportunity for somebody to come in and knock off, uh, knock somebody else out. If you can show you bring in more customers because you got a decent interface. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I um, the store I generally do shopping. At, we have the Stater Brothers chain here locally, but I do a I, I uh, use Albertsons as my primary shopper, and they're owned by Safeway Corporation, and uh, so as is Vons. So it's you know Vons and or Albertsons is uh, um, I tend to go to the Albertsons more often uh, on my coast, and they have a deal where. Certain things get like even a bigger discount if you scan them in and then add them to your list in their app. And so you'll get, you know, they'll have it on sale, but you'll get even a bigger sale. It's like you get a discount and then you get another discount if you put it in there and scan it. And I have found that I use it to scan just the things that, that have the little tag that says you'll get that bigger deal because the app is so awful as a normal list. It and it they try to do things like they like things that you've purchased in the past are here so that you can go and check them off and add them to your list. Well, absolutely. Well, they they show you your last list and you can pick those same items again, but that's starting over with the grocery list. You know, I have to look at my grocery list and go go find each one of these things. Yeah. And so instead of you know picking uh, the default, the last one I bought, which is a smart thing to do, right? Mm -hmm. And then, and then, still allow me to change it. <clears throat> so it all, always auto defaults to the last time you ever ordered one of those kinds of things, you know. Yeah. And 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 then then let you change it if you want to, but go on. Yeah, it seems to me like so, you were right on the front end of this when you said that what they need to do is allow you to just type in a list, and they should then parse the list. From that, yeah. you know, the, the, the tools to parse a text list are strong enough that they can identify, you know, when you put in, uh, and, and in fact, they can even do like inline spell checking with it. That's built into the operating system. That's easy to do. So that, you right. know, if you mistype tomato, they'll correct it and then put tomato in there. And then, you know, and then they should put like a little thing next to it, allowing you to tap on that to, if you want to specify you know, what kind of tomatoes, because they might have organic tomatoes or cherry yeah. tomatoes or, you know, beefsteak tomatoes or, you know, and you should have the option of then picking something from that, that mini list of just tomatoes because you typed in the word tomatoes. Yep. As opposed to, I have to type in a search box and find tomatoes in a list and then pick which tomato I want and, and then go back into the search list and type in the next thing that I want. Yeah. It's, 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 not particularly yeah. user friendly. You know what? We should build an app. We should. <laughs> we should just show them the right way to do it. Yeah. Shopper's friend. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
as I said, the, the, the most important feature is remembering what you bought last for each item so that you don't have to go through and be, you know, because they usually have at, at least one page and probably three up to three pages of stuff for any, you know, if you said milk, you'll get three pages of crap. Now, a lot of that isn't mm-hmm. milk. Yeah, you it's know, it's it's soy and almond and and other things yeah. that that are sold as milk. You know, in California, they they passed a law saying they're not allowed to call that milk anymore. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So um, <laughs> well, there's there's like the brand name Silk, which they yeah. uh, when the, when the law passed, they had like six months to to implement it because they had packaging materials that had already been printed and stuff like that. So they had six yeah. months to implement it, and one of the brand names out there very quickly changed their name from from you know, something soy milk to silk because it sounds like milk. And then they started running ads. Silk, you know, tastes like real milk. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was interesting about, I was talking about that to Sue the other day. The uh, consumer, latest consumer reports had a review of all these fake milks, you know, yeah, and how much, how many kind of vitamins, you know, and they sort of ranked them based on healthiest Mm -hmm. and whatever. And uh, it it didn't surprise me at all that soy milk came out on top you know most of these are nut milks you know yeah and they're okay tastes like a nut but they they lack but they lack they lack the big big thing they lack is protein right you know yeah well there's a good vitamin yeah but there's a there's a fair amount of of protein in in nuts as well um well but nothing compared to real milk right well and protein is you know, it's a misnomer because it's not a monolithic thing. There are lots of different proteins. <laughs> right. Right. And yeah. so. But, it, but anyway, it's it's the standard for which you judge all this other stuff. You sure. Know? So anyway. Milk is milk and, and it, this stuff is not milk. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny because, um, uh, you know, my sister-in-law, Erin, uh, started eating vegan. And she was raving about this coffee creamer that she got that was a soy product and i was at the store and right in the middle of covid there was shortages of stuff in the grocery stores and i saw her product and they didn't have like regular cream <laughs> it's it's uh-huh. i said oh i'll try it and the first time i tried it tried it, it wasn't bad but then each subsequent time that i tried it it was like you know it really isn't good either <laughs> <laughs> i ended up dumping it out just and and yeah. and and found some regular creamer later Actually, yeah. what I ended up doing was getting used to drinking, and now I drink my coffee without any cream in it at all. I just have a cup of coffee in the morning. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, so. I, thanks thanks to Katie living with us, uh, I got used to creamers, but I'm kind of weaned myself off of that. Mom still always drank it black, but Katie always had creamers in the fridge. And as long as it's in the fridge and yeah. it's a little bit sweet... Yeah, you it's, know, it's it's there and it hits my sweet tooth. <laughs> yeah, I understand that one. <laughs> yeah, I am genetically predisposed to that. I blame you. Ice cream, uh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm not. I'm. Not, I can't keep ice cream in my fridge because if I have it in there, I will eat it, and I okay. will eat it in probably larger quantities than I should until it's gone. Yep. <laughs> you know, so I just I don't buy it unless I know I'm going to eat it, and I try to buy small packages. Well, <laughs> guess guess what happened here? You know, I'm I'm. There's there's uh, there's ice cream and then there's custard. Oh yes, okay. I know. Well, a really good custard shop is less than a mile away. Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, that's about a guarantee that you're going to go uh, into diabetic shock. 
Well, and it's more expensive. You know, it's probably twice as costly, but it's... Well, I know out here you talked about the custard shop in Redlands called Theron's, and I had never been. And finally, I don't know, maybe a year or so ago, uh, my brother and I, Tobin, went over there, and uh, he said... I was over at his house doing something, and he said, oh, I was... I know what it was. I was helping him disassemble the the bed and desk unit that was in one of his rooms that used to be his kid's room. And, you know, his kids have moved out. And so he was going to switch it into an office. And so we were out in there disassembling that and taking it down, which we did. And afterwards he says, I want to treat you to something. Let's go over to Theron's, you know, because it was, we were hot. Oh, we had yeah. been working and I had never been. And so, and I'd heard, you know, you and others in the family raving about Theron's yeah. and, and it was delicious. And I've since been back once or twice, but, um, isn't, I like their location too. The trees and the field out there and stuff. They've the moved. They moved. They've moved. They're still in Redlands. They are now in a building on, I don't know what the street is, but it's more of a main street. It's right across the street from the old uh, historic theater that's over in Redlands. Oh, okay. And well, so they, there's. I, I always thought, you know, for any new people, they would never, you know, they just got local business because you had to know where they were <laughs> but i liked it location yeah. you know yeah and i think maybe that was part of it and uh and they own the whole building and inside the building it's then partitioned off into multiple booths and um two of them are run by theron's one is like a deli and the other one is the ice cream shop or the custard shop and then the others i think they wanted to lease out to other styles of foods so you could go in there and be like a little courtyard of different types of foods um oh which is a great idea, but I've been back twice now, and it's still just those two in the front, and I'm sure the uh, COVID thing has not made it any better. So um, Yeah, that's too bad. You know, to me, the ideal COVID business anymore would be one open-air business when possible, even mm-hmm. as, you know, because we have wild, mild winters like you do, right. and uh, you, can, you can heat it up but still have open air, you know. Yeah. There's a number of places that are big, you know, patio kind of covered patio deals you know yeah i'm seeing more and more of that kind of stuff just prop pop up uh, you know in parking lots lots of restaurants are partitioning off part of their parking lot and setting up tables and 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 some kind of shade and and say well if we if we're not allowed to have people inside we'll do some outdoor seating for people so that we can and people are doing it i mean i'm glad especially for like local businesses you know i mean Chains got to make a living too, but you know the smaller locally owned businesses got to stay in business. I um, I think always of one of our favorite places, Anchos. You know, oh, and, they, yeah. and they've always had the patio along one side, and they've had a small patio on the front. Um, they have opened back up. Twenty five percent of their uh, capacities allowed indoors right now. Um, several times over the course of this COVID outbreak, I've gone over there and uh, gotten food to go and brought it home because I want them to stay there and stay open. They were just in the news for winning an award for their tortillas. They were entered in a tortilla competition and they got second in all of Southern California. Yeah. Wow. Well, they're, they're a good place to go. I've always enjoyed them. Yeah. Good food. Good people. Yep. They, uh, November 7th, they'll be celebrating their 31st anniversary. Is that right? Yep, 31 years. Wow, and we were there when, when it we, first opened. We were there right when they opened, yeah, real early on. And uh, uh, Pepe retired. He was the uh, partner who started in the kitchen. He was there originally their their lead chef. Uh, he retired last year or the year before. And Dean is still there. He's the uh, sole owner and proprietor now. And, uh, and so you see him there 
and, yeah. and and what's cool about that place too is not only is it a locally owned private restaurant that is in admittedly a really terrible location, but boy, word has gotten out. Uh, uh, they some of their employees, their waiters and their waitresses and their kitchen staff have been there for years, you know. Mm. And a lot of places, you know, especially uh, uh, the wait staff is that turns over pretty quickly. They're usually like you know college kids and they come and go, but uh, they treat their people right and they've been there a long time. That's good. That's good. Yeah. And in fact, their their uh, reputation is such that I was coming back from CIF swimming with a bunch of kids who live in Orange County. And I mentioned that as a place to stop and get food. And probably half of them knew about Anchos and said, yep, that's where we're going. Them and their parents, hmm. they said, oh, good call. You know, because there's lots of options to stop and get food on the way back from from uh, uh, the CIF championships is it was at Riverside City College. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so we're heading back towards Orange County, and you know it's and it's off the beaten path. I mean, it's a couple miles off the freeway even, but it, they knew about it. They were like, "Yep, yep, we're going there." So <laughs> their reputation has spread far and wide. Yeah. By the by the way, I'm looking at just a headline here that I thought you might be interested to know is, and I don't know how to pronounce it, but Gaudet University. Have you heard of that? G A L L A U D E T. Anyway, all the students and faculties get an iPad Pro pencil and smart keyboard folio. So instead of just computers for university students, mm-hmm. they whole, the whole university is going iPad Pro. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's certainly doable. I, I know of lots of people who have done that. You, you, there are certain things. Uh, I, it's one of those things where I have done experiments. I did a month of trying to live off my iPad completely. Uh, and... Uh, you know, like I, I think I told you a while back, uh, a year or so ago, I did a, a month uh, with an Android phone instead of with my iPhone. I set mm-hmm. my iPhone in a shelf and, and and lived completely off the Android phone. And I I think it's for me, it's similar to uh, similar to switching to the Android phone, in that I found that it's functional. It's something I can do, but it requires that I accept certain things are going to be more difficult. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Like the iPad, um, doing what we're doing right now, it, I can do it, right. but it's more difficult for me to um, simultaneously talk to you and record what we're doing uh, is more difficult. After the fact, once I've got the sound files, there's tools there to go in and auto, uh, and, and edit and do all that. And I will say that's not even more difficult. It's just different. You know, there's yeah. a lot of things that are just different. They're not necessarily more difficult, but... Um, but uh, some things are just flat out harder. Yeah. Uh, well, the other thing about iPads is that uh, if you're going to be in a meeting for a very long time, you don't want to lay it down, and and you don't really want to hold it all the time. Yeah, you and, need a you need but, a case that sets it up so, so that it's like a laptop. Yeah, and so I I used to kind of laugh about the little flip out thing that that. Apple or that uh, Mac, dang it, excuse me, uh, Microsoft put on their, their oh the kickstand thing, yeah, kickstand. But it was there when you needed it. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's attached to the device, so you can stand it up, even if you don't have a case on it. You can pop out the kickstand, stand it up. I honestly think it's not a bad idea. Yeah, I yeah. I, I do too. And and I, when it first came out, everybody with the iPad world said, you know, what the hell is that? clunker thing on there you know for yeah. but uh by golly it, it has a good reason 
Yeah. Well, I know that there are um, basically stick-on kickstands for iPads that do essentially the same thing. But the problem is you put that on, and it then makes putting it into a case difficult. Right. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, I, I've experienced the thing of being tired of holding it, you know. In fact, for the, the way I hold it. See, now, I have just the little cover, you know, the just the front cover. It's yeah. not a, a case. But when you fold that down, and it's a triangle-shaped thing, and when you hold it, your hand wears out that uh, that case. Mine's all frizzed right there on the edge of the iPad. Yeah. And it it's really worn, and it looks it you know it looks bad, feels bad. Yeah, you know I, the iPad uh, accessories, the ones that come from Apple, whether you get the leather one or whatever. They seem the the seams around the outside edges are like pressed together and glued instead of being yeah. rounded and smooth and yeah. they all fray. They all you know I don't like that design. I don't and yet Apple has done it with every single case that they make for the iPad whether it's the cover that goes on the top or the kind that wraps around the back, it doesn't matter. They well, they all have that some sort of weird seam. It, you know, it, it's not what you expect for as much as you pay for it. That's not a cheap cover, you know? Right. And yet it it behaves as a cheap cover because it doesn't take long, and you've worn that, that edge out that I was talking about, you know, right there by the by the uh, edge of the computer or the iPad. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's that's what's annoying. I mean, I, I should go out and get a new one every three months or something, but that's something like 70 bucks, you know? Yeah. Who yeah. wants They're- to spend 70 bucks? Too expensive to be replacing regularly. They should have been designed better from the get-go yeah uh, and the rest the and, whole rest of that that cover is just fine there's a yeah. protector it still works the outside yeah. looks great it's just the inside when you fold it back the way i use it and so uh I'm just annoying <laughs> yep yeah no i agree i think it's it's a it's one of those things that somehow somebody at apple decided that that's looks good and that it's a production that we can produce it well and and so they went with it. But I think that it's, again, for what they charge and what you get, it's it's not a very good quality product. It, it, it wears out way too easy. And um, it uh, it's not comfortable in your hand in the first place to have that sort of seam sticking into your hand all the way around. Right. Yeah. I, I, there are a lot yeah. of things they do well, and that's not one of them. <laughs> Here's a, here's another interesting headline. It says SCOTUS uh, Justice Gorsuch apparently said Apple didn't need to copy anyone to invent iPhone, so why did Google? Yeah, that was <laughs> I, a. You see, I, they're they're going to go after Google here pretty soon, I think. Yeah, because well, part of that issue, part of that was the the case with Fortnite. Fortnite was was complaining about um, about. Uh, um, you know that 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 quote, and I remember the context of it specifically. But they were complaining about Apple not. Um, the, the, they were complaining about basically the thirty percent that they have to pay to Apple, and 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 oh, yeah. and saying that we shouldn't have to do that. We should be allowed to charge our our players directly because we've got the cap capacity to do that. And uh, and the judges basically dressed them up and down, saying. Um, actually, I think I'm conflating two different conversations. 
This was the judge in the case, the trial case, not the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court was one about Google and their originality of stuff. But in in this trial case, the judge said, you know, you pay 30% to Sony to be on the PlayStation. You pay 30% to Microsoft to be on the uh, Xbox. You pay 30% to Google to be in the Play Store. Why are you complaining about paying 30% yeah. to Apple? Apple only represents 10% of your sales, and they only represent, um, uh, uh, what was it? There was a smaller percentage. It was like 10% of the phones worldwide. So they don't have monopolistic power. They're charging the same as everybody else in the in the market charges. By the way, and you picked the fight. You knew their. You you absolutely knew their um, their rules and chose to break them. So what are you complaining about? Right. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of that going on in the world. You know. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, that percentage is almost twenty five percent now. iPhones versus Google. Uh, worldwide or in, or in U.S. Oh. Uh, probably U.S. I suppose. Yeah, U.S. It's higher than it is the rest of the world, um, yeah. but it's it's also considered a a desired device. If you ask in polls around the world, if you ask them what they oh. would rather own, they would rather own the iPhone. But in a lot of places, the iPhone is perceived as a luxury item and, and priced as such. Well, even here, and so there's a lot of people who can't. You know, they 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 don't have iPhones. Although I would sub- submit that you could buy a. Um, uh, a used iPhone or a couple year old iPhone just as cheaply as a um, a uh, frontline um, oh, yeah. Google some, phone. Some, some and, of the older iPhones are still better than those other ones. Yeah, and I think you'd be better off in a lot of cases with that. So, yeah. you know, that's, uh, you know, I mean, there, there are those who could argue that that's not the case, but um, I think that, uh, I think that the Apple product has a lot of reasons why it's better. Now, I said I, you know, I used the uh, the the um, Google phone for a, a month, and it was okay. It was all right. I mean, I, you know, if I had to use it, I I wasn't gonna, wasn't the end of the world, but it yeah. just didn't work as well as smoothly as the, all the little things that it, that just, you know. And I had a Google well, phone. I had the Google phone. So um, the the Pixel. Uh, I had a Pixel three A. Yeah. And it's a great little phone. Yeah, I had the very one of the very first Motorola phones that were ran on Android. Mm-hmm. It was it was the uh, I forgot what they call it. It was some kind of droid uh, name for the phone. But yeah, I was gonna say I think they called them droids, didn't they? I think that was it. Maybe that was all. Yeah. But it but it it was a neat little phone. I've still got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't realize and, uh, you had ever had an Android phone. Well, that was the first one that I had like this. I didn't buy the Apple phone initially. Yeah, well, the original Apple phone, the one, that, the first one that came out, didn't have any apps or anything on it. Um, my first Apple phone was the Apple phone 3G, and I remember you hadn't switched. You didn't switch until the four because you were a Verizon guy, and originally it was only available on AT and T. That's that's right. That was the reason. Yeah, people don't and, remember and the, that, but yeah. Well, and and the other thing that annoyed me is that the Droid never, they were depending on the manufacturers to actually uh, modify their Android operating system to work on their phones. Mm -hmm. So Motorola never did that. You couldn't upgrade the operating system, and they were falling way behind in features. And I said, geez, this is ridiculous. Whereas Mm -hmm. Apple was 
pump, pumping out upgrades because, of course, their phones were all compatible. Right. Uh, well, and that's to, still the case. That's still the point. case, though. You buy a Samsung phone, and you don't get upgrades to your operating system from um, uh, directly from Google. You get them from Samsung. And that means that right. you know you have to, Samsung has no motivation to upgrade operating systems on older phones. They want to sell you a new phone. You know that's their right. their take on it. And so you always that's why you know the if you whenever a new version of iOS comes out, you know within a month the vast majority of all the iPhones that are out there have have the new operating system. The uh, and Absolutely. Androids, the vast majority of Androids are running the same operating system that you got when you bought it. You know. Which is one yeah. of the reasons I like Apple because you get all these kind of cool updates and and new features to your phone that didn't even exist. That's right. After after you bought it, your phone keeps getting better. Yeah. <laughs> now, one of the things that I did do intentionally when I decided to do that one month with an Android phone is I bought a Google Pixel phone. Two two reasons. One is because it's automatically updated by Google because it's their phone, uh, so it doesn't have to go through the vendor because they are the vendor. So it did get automatic updates, and it uh, ran a completely uh, unedited or unchanged version of the Android operating system. So I was actually running Android, not some derivative that had been skinned by by Samsung with a bunch of Samsung apps on it. I was running Google's operating system in its raw form, the way it was designed, directly by Google. Now, that doesn't mean I couldn't go download and update and change you know, keyboards and skins and make it look however I wanted, but, um, but I wanted yeah. to see what Android was like the way Android was written, not the way it had been you know, uh, flavored by Samsung or LG or whomever. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, I've, I've got one more hardware... Thing that I wanted to talk about today, and there's a rumored HomePod, HomePod Mini that's only going to cost ninety nine dollars. I've heard month. that too. Yeah. Uh, I I only have the original HomePod that came out. I didn't get the one that I guess they talk to each other and have a network going now. Um, uh, that but, was built uh, into I'm the in- original one. That's in the original one. All you have to do is buy another one of the same exact kind you have now, and you could then have them. Uh, talk to each other and and act as as uh, stereo devices in a room that was built in from day one. Well, how do I know it's, uh, you get an original and not an upgraded one that doesn't work? What are you talking about? There is no upgrade. There's only one version of the iPod out there or HomePod out there right now. No, no, no. They came along and made and uh, made some upgrades to the software in it in no. later uh, years. No, I mean there's yeah, been they- so- there's been software upgrades. But they, they only, there's only one physical iPad or HomePod device, and it, and they're all the same, and they all support uh, talking to each other and and communicating and acting as, in in conjunction as as like right and left channels if you have two of them in a room, and and that's config, it, configurable through the uh, HomeKit app. It doesn't automatically upgrade. Yeah, it does automatically upgrade. Oh. That's what I was asking. So you're saying mine would act as good as uh, the latest model? Yours is the latest Even model. They've only released one model of iPod or HomePod. Huh. Okay. I thought that the hardware had some other features in it. Nope. The hardware has not changed. There's only been one HomePod released. Oh. Huh. They've never updated anyway. it. So that's what we're waiting for is the first update. 
Now, what we don't know anyway. is whether these little new these new ones, these little ones, will work in concert with the older ones. That remains to be yeah. seen. And whether the sound will be as good being smaller, you usually think that hurts. Oh, uh, yeah, I guarantee they won't. And in fact, if it's smaller, not only will it have uh, you know a smaller woofer in it, but um, I had read a thing saying like the current one has seven different tweeters in it, mid-range kind of tweeters around the perimeter, yeah. and this one's only going to have two. Uh, well, you see, the thing about sound, though, these days is they there's a whole lot of software involved in actually how to tune the the device whatever the device is to get the best out of the hardware that you possibly can right so so the hardware is is uh, uh, can drive the software or the software auto- automatically adapts i guess you is the way you say it to the new kind of hardware to get the most out of the hardware so the, the, they've been able to do some pretty amazing things even with with the 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 original HomePod, because that's not a very large speaker, but yet no. it sounds comparable to some of these giant speakers. Remember, you used to have a room-sized speaker that stood six foot off the floor and oh, had yeah. all kinds of monstrous, yeah, big box that that that, that uh, helped um, uh, acted as a as a, a baffling for the sound to help create the deep yeah. bass and everything. Yeah, right. So I'm I'm thinking that Apple being the comf- kind of company that they are, are not going to put out a mini if it doesn't sound pretty damn close to what the current one does. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure the sound quality is going to be good. I just find it hard to believe that they can, you know, there are physics involved too, and physics don't, uh, you, you can't bend physics, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, but you can do a lot of amazing things by digitally manipulating signals. The current one well, has seven horn-loaded tweeters with custom amplifiers and one high-excursion woofer with a custom amplifier. I'm just looking yes. at um, at Mac Tracker but, app, learning about what's in it. But but it always comes down to the fact that if you build both the hardware and the software, mm-hmm. you can get a whole lot more done than if you only got control of one piece of it. You know, yeah. and that's the thing that apple does they sit in the lab and they tweak both sides of the thing until they say oh man i can do this whole thing cheaper and better uh you know than i used to be able to because i've been studying it longer so yeah that's how these these developments come about yeah well and i mean they've got pretty strong processors in it i mean this you know this is a speaker that has an apple a8 processor and granted we're on you know what a14 now um but this is just a speaker you know, how much yep. smarts do you have to have in a speaker? And remember, the a, that's like an iPhone 5S generation computer yep. sitting in a speaker, doing but, nothing uh, but processing the sound. But what you got to recognize is that processor is not just taking audio as it comes in on the line and feeding it to some to some hardware. Yeah, it's it's manipulating that through various filters and whatever to to extract. Uh, uh-huh. The necessary, the necessary driving power to to really get the most out of what right. hardware got there, you know. Right. Well, in it, you know, they they talk about the fact that when they introduced it, it has six microphones in it, and um, it's an array of microphones for what they call far field recognition, and that's um, uh, and then they have a seventh microphone that they say is in there specifically for bass correction. All seven of those microphones are not only listening for you saying, "Hey, Shlomo." Which I said intentionally that you know it's, you actually say the yeah. name Siri, but um, right. it's it's they're also there to listen to 
the sound bouncing around the room, and then they right. adjust the way that sounds in each room. So that speaker adjusts itself to the environment that it's in in order to sound at its very best. Right, right. And and that's something that you know that old box speaker that used to have attached to your home hi-fi could never do. That's right. Had none of that. So that's it's extremely sophisticated technology. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm interested in that that little um, uh, HomePod too to see what the mini HomePod does, and yeah. and how good it sounds in comparison to the large HomePod. I know that that you know I mean those of us who have listened to the stuff know that it can be um, that you can get amazing sound out of stuff. Bose sells a little tiny speaker that is maybe two inches high, six inches wide, and maybe three inches deep. That yeah is phenomenal sounding and yes it's uh, i get it it doesn't have the full dynamic range of you know the a top end hi-fi system i get it but it's still astounding how much richness comes out of something so tiny yep. um you know and and recognizing that it can be done just means that others you know can do it as well yeah it's it's been a whole new game out there for the past five years at least once they started doing this kind of technology with uh uh, hardware, so that I, I, it's hard to say who the leader is. Bose, for years, was always in my mind the the you know the head the leader, but I believe that Apple caught up with them with their uh, HomePod, or they wouldn't have come out with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, you know now it's a it's game yeah. one. And but the thing is, is that Apple's got more resources to pour into this this technology stuff. Yeah. So I don't I don't know how company smaller companies can keep up yeah i worry about bose because sony has um by some people's standards and i haven't done any testing myself but some people say that sony has surpassed bose in terms of like noise canceling speakers or headphones rather that Mm -hmm. sony's headphones are better i would say that the the noise canceling on the uh, airpods pro are also just phenomenal for little in-ear speakers it's it's astounding uh, how well they block out sound Especially if you're doing like sounds that are loud and continuous, like a lawnmower, or you know, in an airplane and things like that, it just it just shuts it out. And yeah. you know, they've made huge advances there. And then the HomePod, you know, sounds so incredible compared to most other speakers that size. It, th- there's a company that that w- came around called Sonus, and they made smart speakers that kind of predated the Alexa and Google that had phenomenal sound and their big claim to fame was that these things were networked and so you could set them throughout the house and play the same music all of them simultaneously right. and and now that's built into every smart speaker and so yeah. they're have they're struggling as well but none of those smart speakers whether they be from Google or um or Amazon have the sound quality that Apple has and i think yeah. part of that was that Apple when they started designing the HomePod we're designing a speaker to listen to. They weren't trying to design a smart assistant. Right. They yeah, just happened they, to be in the right place at the right time and said, oh, hey, we've got this phenomenal speaker that also has our smart assistant built into it. Yeah, that was an add-on. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I think they intended it to be there. They just, But they weren't ever going to compete with the $35 um, no. Amazon oh, Echoes. Uh, that was not their intent, and you know, right. it's not their game. Well, you see, this new mini is supposed to be ninety nine dollars. Now that's you can buy three, I think, of the other ones. Uh, yeah. Of the, well, it's the same the price. Thing, right? it's, it's the same price as their um, their top 
top of the line echo device. Yeah. So uh, Apple is uh, is clearly getting more competitive in the audio area because you, they just took Sonos and somebody else off their shelves so that uh, they're not going to be marketing these other guys competing technologies. And so that says, hey, get out of my way. I'm taking over. Yeah. You know? Yeah, their second generation Echo is 100 bucks, And that's the yeah. cloth-wrapped tube that stands about, I don't know, eight inches high. It's similar in size to the um, HomePod as far as height, but the HomePod is about... I don't know, uh, maybe five or six inches in diameter, and the Echo is maybe three inches in diameter, so it's a smaller tube. You know, I, I'm kind of amazed that Amazon, they found some good technology somewhere to do this stuff for them. But, uh, uh, of course, th th being Amazon, I think they also sold them almost at cost because they saw a lot of peripheral benefit of that and, uh, and the... Uh, smart speaker idea for their other businesses you know yeah uh, how to order groceries on you know by just talking and all that kind of stuff you know that so they the one thing about amazon that's that you got to watch is everything has a feat has a, a capability to to enhance other parts of their business yeah they like to tie things in and jeff bezos from day one has been a guy who said uh, we'll sell it at a cost or even at loss to get them all out there. You know, I mean, the, the, right. if he hadn't had a iron grip on his company, uh, investors would have forced him to um, to. Oh, yeah. For make money time. earlier on. But they yeah, right. he, he lost money for years. Yep. You know, but, but his company's now in a dominant position on online sales. Right. Yeah, he was he was a smart guy as to, when it came to how to grow a business from scratch and get and get up to where you could, you know, where you, be, you needed to be before you started making money any profits. Yeah. So. You know, it's funny. I'm looking through here at the Echo, and I don't know if they're even selling their regular Echo anymore. I see a refurbished one and a used one, but they now have. Uh, echo dots they still have echo dots they now have an echo dot fourth generation which must have been just announced oh yeah it's on pre-order won't ship until the 22nd that's now shaped like a ball instead of like a little I, hockey puck yeah i saw that um but their regular echo the one that looked like a tube that stood about six or eight inches tall i don't see a new one in here at all i don't think they sell them i think they hmm. quit i quit making those which is interesting well yeah yeah, he's he's always interested in something that just uh, he he's not in it for sound in the way that Apple is. Right. The quality the quality is not always a priority there. Mm -hmm. Well, they added the what was it the uh, Echo Studio? That's a high fidelity smart speaker with 3D audio and Alexa, and it's two hundred bucks. So it's yeah. you know not that much yeah. different. It's twenty dollars thirty dollars different than than the yeah. uh, HomePod. And, and he, and he knows he's not going to sell very many of those. Yeah, you know they're priced to make make money. They're not they're not at at cost. I don't think. Yeah. Well, and I think that you know that was him saying, okay, if you want good sound because you like listening to music, we'll we'll sell you one of those too. But if you just want to, uh, you know, have a smart uh, device yeah. in your house that you can 
speak to the lady in the tube, you can do that real cheap. Yeah, I'll tell you, we have the uh, the HomePod and one of the, uh, 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 I forgot what you call the device, the little, the smallest. Uh, the dot. Uh, Amazon. The dot, yeah, I yeah. got the dot. Well, actually, I, I guess I had two of those. I don't know what happened to the other one. And they're both here, here in my my office because out where the TV is on regularly, they respond way too often, both of them. And uh-huh. and we didn't like the idea of somebody listening into our conversations in normal daily life. I mean, they can listen to my, they're listening to my talk while I'm in here. Normally, I don't talk. Yeah. This, this is the only time they get to listen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I say when you're in there, usually you're busily working on a, on your computer or something and and not talking out loud, right? Right. Yeah. Or, or I have I have a TV in here too, and uh, I think I unplugged the uh, the dot because yeah. it was annoying me. Uh, yeah. I've, I have I have a dot in my studio here, and I I have it muted most of the time. In fact, I think it's unplugged right now because um, I just don't use it that often. And every once in a while, I would accidentally say the trigger word, and then it would start talking at me while I'm recording. And so I just said, you know, I don't need that thing in here. Um, yeah. I find that I use I to test them all. I have uh, an Echo, I have a Google Home, and I have a uh, the the i or HomePod, and. Um, the HomePod, if I'm going to listen to music, by far that's the one I pick. It just sounds better. Um, and it has been in my studio out here. It is now currently back in the house. That's where it sits most of the time. I find that, that we use the Echo almost exclusively as a kitchen timer. Um, we have it set timers. Oh. If we put things in, in the freezer that we don't want to, you know, like we, if we want to get something cold, we stick it in the freezer for a few minutes. Or we're cooking something and we want it to remind us to go check on it or something like that. It's just yeah. real, really easy to speak out to the world. Hey, hey, Schmatrexa, uh, you know, set a timer for 10 minutes. And it's just super easy to do. Um, the Google Home, I found, is far superior to the other two at answering questions because it's tied into Google search. And so it does a better job of that than either of the other two. So we're watching a game. And uh, in fact, we were wa- I was watching basketball last night. And I said, uh, I wanted, I couldn't. I, I saw a guy, but he didn't look right. I didn't remember his number. I said, you know, who's number 39 on the Lakers? And it came back and said, oh, that's, that's you know, Dwight Howard. Oh, okay. Or, hey, um, what number is, um, you know, so-and-so? Or how tall is uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo? You know, he's seven foot two, <laughs> by the way. I can't, I, you have to know how to say the name or she can't answer the question. But if you ask that same question of, of the, the Siri device or the Echo device, you get, um, you know, I found something for you on the web. Check here. Or I don't know how to answer that question or something like that. If you ask the Google device, um, you'll still get that on, on rare occasion. But most often what you get is the answer. Yeah. And, you know, that's a big difference to me. So. Yep. <laughs> well, I, I'm not used to talking to things. So I just. Uh, mm-hmm. That's it's got to be a human at the other end if I'm going to talk, usually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I've gotten used to it. I've gotten used to it. Um, like I said, we use it for certain things. But it's funny because I've got all three of them there, and we use them all three differently. Yeah. And so, you know, what um, each of them does and does well is different. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, you know, it would be well, nice if I could get them all in one place so that I felt like I got a decent answer in each one, but I don't. And it's Well, well, I was going to say you could get rid of the Echo because they all do timing easily. 
They do. They do. Um, I will say, and and this is a minor thing, but the Echo um, has what it was. I think it's called just an Echo clock, but it's just a an analog clock that we have hanging in our kitchen, and it has LEDs around the perimeter of the clock. And when you set a timer, it lights up the LED where the timer is. And when it gets down to the last sixty seconds, then they all light up, and it slowly oh. counts down. So you get a visual. I see. A visual thing. Now, the Echo was the first one that I had, so that's just what we're used to using. But you're right. I could get rid of that one because it. I don't need it. Um, that's, well, like, that said, except, I have several Echoes in the house, and I'm used to using them. Uh-huh. So. But, yeah, it's completely redundant at this point because if we got if, – if, and, in fact, um, the, uh, the clock has had problems since – it's just not real reliable. And so I've had yeah. issues with that clock on and off since I got it. And uh, we just need to get in the habit of uh, right ne- literally right next to it. I mean, they're, they're inches apart is the Google Home. We should just get used to saying, you know, hey, schmoogle, yeah. Uh, yeah, set the, a timer. Yeah, the HomePod was the most useful thing for me uh, while I was using uh, uh, going doing my own grocery shopping because I just tell it to add it to the grocery list, you know. Right. And that that was connected in nicely with my phone so yeah and that's handy but you know you can do that off your phone or off your watch you know that's that's true they all work you know which was the whole point apple made it was like you know okay well so you now have a smart speaker sitting there but you've also got that same virtual assistant you know on your wrist and in your pocket and you know i've started you doing transferring more and more things to the watch and in fact, I found out a very important use of the watch that originally I thought was kind of an annoyance, and that is as a uh, point-to-point uh, a map system to uh, navigate with, mm-hmm. uh, because uh, you know it does the vibration that gets your attention, but yeah. then you just pick it up and look, and you can see the turn coming up. Yep. Okay. And and so then it you know which where you're going to go left or right or whatever. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and then. As soon as you get around the corner, you say, "Well, you know, how many, how long is it until the next turn?" You know, but you don't even care about that really, because it's going to let you know when you got to turn again. Yeah, yeah, it gives you warnings as you go, and and, uh, and, and that little and, vibe and, is nice. And that was a whole lot better than trying to use the phone, which is laying down somewhere where it's not, you know, a safe to pick it up or to see, you know, where you're going to turn. All well, of that's right on the watch. Don't you have your phone plugged into your car place so that you can see the screen right there on your nice big screen inside your car? Uh, well, okay, you made a good point. I do that, and I normally do that in, in my Hyundai, but there was a period where I had a that my battery died on the Hyundai, and I didn't use it. I had to run around and find a battery. Uh-huh. So you're and driving around in your car that I'm, doesn't have the, CarPlay. That's right. I'm in the Jeep, and there's no CarPlay. Yeah. So this that's why I said it was a re- good good replacement right. for CarPlay. Right. Well, and like you, I have a vehicle that has CarPlay and another one that doesn't. And it's funny when I drive the one that doesn't have CarPlay, I miss it. I miss it immediately. I really like oh, that yeah. interface um and it works well. Um every once in a while when you plug in, it takes a second for it to sort of recognize that you've got a Apple device there and go into CarPlay. Um which is a little irritating. It doesn't doesn't seem you know, I blame the device, the, the 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 vehicle, more than the CarPlay for that. It's just their implementation of it. But yeah. uh, I, you know, that's my preferred method of of tracking and traveling is with CarPlay. You know, my phone plugged in. 
But lacking that, you're right, the watch works really well, unless you have a place where you can set the phone where you can see it and, and travel. What I'm surprised Apple hasn't done is have a mode that says, you know, hey, I see, because uh, it knows when you're driving. It tells you when you're driving. Why doesn't it say, would you like the CarPlay interface just on your phone? So you could just mount your phone on a dash. And uh, and then, because there's lots of different devices and ways to mount a phone in a car. And when you're doing that, it should just default to the CarPlay interface. That's the supposedly safe interface for using your phone in the car. And it uses, you know, Siri for voice interaction and stuff. And it just seems to me like they're missing an opportunity there. Like, why? Why do you? Why? Oh, it, you're saying you're you're riding around in a car that doesn't have CarPlay, right? If I'm riding oh. in a car that doesn't have CarPlay, you come up and say, "I see that you're driving right now. Would you like to use the CarPlay interface?" And you should say yes or no. You know, because if I'm a passenger, I probably don't want it, but if I'm driving, I might want it, and that would be awesome. And that interface would work great. Just mount my. Well, they, but, but that's because they want to sell you a watch which has that interface that's really good. It doesn't. It doesn't have the CarPlay interface. It's a reasonably good directions interface, but it's not great. And I have to then take a hand off the wheel, turn the watch to look at it, and look down at my wrist instead of glance at my dash, which I do all the time for my speedometer and everything else, all the other information that's there, as well as my map. I think it's, it's, I think it's a less safe way to interface while you're driving. Well, It's better than uh, nothing, but it's, yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's as good as the CarPlay interface. Which was designed for that. Yeah, right. You're right. If you got a, you know, especially if you got a big screen phone or something. Yeah. Well, there's no such thing as a small screen phone until they introduce the mini tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. I think all the phones have gotten too big. But frankly, yeah. I would like CarPlay on an iPad. If you have an iPad Mini, imagine mounting that on your dashboard. Then you've yeah. got a great little tablet that also acts as CarPlay while you're driving. And to me, that would yeah. be perfect. Why don't yeah. they do that? Yeah, and then and then you don't have to pay that extra money for a bunch of crap on the on the wh- whoever the car maker is puts on their screen. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I mean, I literally don't <coughs> use anything else on that car interface. Well, I shouldn't say that. I don't. The radio. My wife uses the radio when she yeah. drives the truck, which is the one that has the CarPlay interface in it. Uh, well, she, well, she I have likes satellite. To listen. I have satellite radio, which yeah. is. But she likes to listen to terrestrial radio stations uh, when she's driving. And so when she's gotten in the car, I can always tell because she's a foot shorter than me. And I can't. I, and I get all bunched up and go, oh, shoot, and I have to move the seat back. And then I have yeah. to switch the radio we, we off go. of radio. <laughs> yeah, both of us, we go through the knee crunch routine when the seat starts coming forward, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, my gosh. So, uh, well, what happens is, is that I sit down and from the back of the chair to the steering wheel, when it's the right distance for her to drive, it's not wide enough for my hips to even fit in. So I try to sit down, and I get pinched as I sit down and then realize, oh, the seat's in the wrong oh, spot. Oh, yours so, doesn't. Oh, mine always goes clear back. It goes to the bottom uh-huh. setting and, and back. And that's why I bought the car, because right. it's the most accessible seat. No matter who drove it before, it always goes to that known position. We get to give you maximum capability of getting in and out with uh-huh. ease. Otherwise, most other cars, because they don't, the seat doesn't go down first. I can't get my head tipped over, and as an old man, my neck doesn't is not as flexible as it used to be. Yeah, I have to bang my head on the door. I've thing. had that issue. I mean, I've had neck surgery, and my neck's not very bendy either. And I hit my head getting in, 
I actually yeah. bought a car based on, or I chose not to buy a car based on my head getting bonked. Yeah. When I when I was in the market for the SUV, I was looking at Mazdas, and they had a Mazda CX-7 and a Mazda CX-9. And the CX-9 was more expensive, uh, but I kind of liked the CX-7. It was a little bit smaller. So I went and rented one to go to a swim meet in San Diego for the weekend. Every time I got in and out of that car, I hit my head. By the end of the weekend, my head was literally sore because I hit my head getting in and out of that vehicle every single time I got in and out. And I said, I could, I will not buy one of these. Never, ever could I buy one of these vehicles. And uh, and then I went and tried. I just test drove a, CX, a CX-9, the larger one. And it's like, oh, they changed the angle of the windshield and the, and the roof line's a little different. And it's just enough bigger that I didn't hit my head at all. And I went, okay, that's the one I want. So I went and looked for a good yeah. used, used deal well, and got one. Of every other car that I had looked at, and there were three or four, I drove mm-hmm. this one. My Hyundai was far better, and it had to do with that seat going yeah. to the bottom. It's interesting you mention that because I mean, there's a lot of reasons to buy vehicles and stuff. But that—that's if you're you know fairly tall, and you and I are not giants by any imag- imagination. Well, but well, but you know, if you're over six foot tall, you, you, the world has to be all- built for you. <laughs> but not only that, I really don't have long legs. I've got short legs. I've got a long trunk. Right. That, that's so do the I. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You you got it right. <laughs> yeah, I, I I got the same issue. I've got my you know my given my height, my le- I should be probably four inches taller if I had legs that matched my torso. Um, yeah. You know, but that's just that's the shape I am. Um, but my food's on, Todd. Oh, we're done, huh? Is that yep. it? We're wrapping up. All right. Well, thanks for joining us today. Uh, uh, we appreciate you joining us on Generation Tech. We're here on Mondays. Hey, um, do you want to maybe do a quick, uh, maybe a short sort of follow-up after the uh, announcements tomorrow from Apple to see if there's any anything interesting to talk about? Uh, sure. Yeah, okay. We can do that. What, ta- what time is the meeting? Well, it'll it'll come on at 10 o'clock uh, my time, so uh, 1 o'clock your time, and it probably lasts at least an hour. So, you know. Uh... Okay, I I may not be able to do that. I've got to go do deal with another issue tomorrow. Okay. Uh, well, today, if I if I don't get it done today, then okay, I'll be tomorrow. Well, we'll touch base tomorrow and see how it goes. I'll I'll reach out after the uh, presentation's done, and we'll go from there. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.